Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Monday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlick and McLean podcast presented by Ingles, the official supermarket of Gramlick and McLean. We wanted to save the champs for a Monday, Mac. We didn't <laughs> want to give them a Wednesday or Friday or whatever for a Monday. And so today we are going under the microscope. We are reviewing Florida State. Florida, we, we need like a tagline, Mac. Florida State, you are under review. <laughs> I think you should record a bunch of those little bits, <laughs> and then we can just, bam, play it right now. Boom. Go, 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 go. And then it's uh, a yeah. dun, dun, That's dun. Right. dun, dun, dun. I'm excited. This is super fun. Anytime I get to talk and chop it off with my guy, Ira, it's uh, it, it's a really good time. He, he is the best. And, you know, just a guy that has been doing it for a long time, been around the program, and obviously Not that successful. long. Not that long. There's, He's yeah, still, sure. and, so youthful. Respect forever. Uh, yeah, it's not that long. But uh does a great job. All their content is so much fun. Uh, check that out over on warchant.com. Uh, but he does a great job and, and always appreciative of his time. This was a really fun episode. Just going through, uh, you know, the entire season for Florida State, the great things that the Seminoles were able to accomplish. Talk a little forward facing on 24 and we talk a little bit about this lawsuit that's happened. It wasn't awkward. It was fine. You know, we figured out whatever's going on. Uh, and, and Ira kind of updates us there on that as well. But before we jump into the interview, KG, we are going shopping together. It's going to be so fun. I'm going to be in the upstate, so we got to make it happen going over seeing our friends at Ingles. My favorite sentence, we are going shopping or <laughs> yeah. let's go shopping. Gosh, I love it. So we had to delay this a little bit just because school shut down at Clemson with finals and everything. So we are going shopping to officially deliver those items that we buy at Ingles to Clemson's Paw Pantry, their food pantry on campus. So we're very excited. I'm I'm so interested. We're going to post a video about this. I'm so interested to see how this works, Mac, because we're going to need so many shopping carts and <laughs> we're going to need to fill up your truck and my RAV with all this stuff. And I just think it's going to be hilarious. So stay tuned for that. But Ingles it's has everything we need, everything Paul Pantry needs. That's right. And I, again, I can't wait to be in the upstate. The, the Ingles that we will be going to oh. is the Ingles that fed my college career. Okay? Anytime that we did anything, that's where we the went. Uh, we were over there on Issaquina Trail. Y'all know where that is. Clemson fans in the upstate. And we would just, you know, pop on over, do Ingles, do the big cookout, all those different things. So that, that was always a, a fun thing. So I can't wait to be back there. Uh, haven't been there in a long time. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And big shout out to Ingles, again, for partnering us with this initiative. Um, it was yes. something that KG, you know, you and I felt so strongly about giving back to, to our local community in the upstate of South Carolina uh, and just having a small impact, uh, but a fun impact and couldn't have done it without Ingles. So big shout out to them. Let's get a message from our friends and then we'll talk about the Seminoles. Did you know that Ingles sells more organics than any other store or that they run their own dairy or that they only serve USDA choice and prime meat? Did you know that they have more local craft beer than any place else or that they have energy smart stores or that they professionally slice and package imported cheese from Europe? Did you know about their giant international aisle, local farm partnerships, curbside pickup, wine department, or that they donate 3,956 meals a day to local food banks? Well, now you do. It's all in the bag. Ingles, low prices, love the savings. Iro, my brother, welcome in. Welcome back. Uh, we, we were so excited about this episode, man, just because of the great season 
uh, that Florida State had a historic season um, that was so fun to be a part of, so fun to watch, and who better to talk to than you, my friend. So appreciate you joining us today. Thanks, man. I uh, appreciate it. Glad to be uh, with you guys. It's, it's going to be a fun episode. A lot to dive into um, with, with these Knowles because I, I think where I want to start is the expectation, you know, in, in camp, in summer, uh, you know, leading into this thing that there was there was this hype train that was ramping up, man. And then after that LSU game, it took off from the station. So how was this team uh, all year long to cover? Because obviously you're you're more intimate of it. You're, you're there. You see them and just really the journey, you know, that they went on in this 23 season. Yeah, you know, I think if you go back to last summer, when they got Keon Coleman, that was probably the first time I thought, okay, now this this could be a little bit different. You know, we we knew coming in, you know, Jordan Travis coming back and Jerry Verse and Trey Benson, Johnny Wilson, and all those guys, and that some of the pieces they brought in, we knew they could be a team that could contend with Clemson for the ACC. When they got Keon, I felt like, okay, Mike Norvell's serious here. You know, this is this is a, a big step. And uh and and he made a big difference for them. You saw it in the LSU game when he had those three touchdowns, and and uh, you know just their their they kind of got it going. And it was not a team that was uh, peak performance every week. And I think that was one of the criticisms of them a little bit later in the year, even before Jordan Travis got hurt. Is you know they kind of sleptwalk at Boston College. They didn't look sharp in a, in a couple of games here or there. But that Clemson game was huge. Um, you know, winning at Clemson and winning in overtime, um, and you know Clemson probably helped Florida state a little bit, uh, with a couple of decisions, you know, in, in, you know, by players, but, but Florida state, you know, that was a big win for them. It's been what seven years or whatever it's been since they had knocked off Clemson. So to do it there, that was my one concern going into the year was I just, you know, could they beat LSU? Could they beat Clemson on the road? And they did both of them. And then after that, it was just taking care of business and they did it. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it didn't work out the way they wanted in terms of the playoff, but yeah, really, um, you know, uh, really impressive season, not just because of the record, but how they did it. You know, they overcame a lot of things in a lot of different weeks. And, and uh, you know, it just, uh, I think it's a season that hopefully Florida State fans will remember the 13 part more than they will the, the one part. Yeah, for sure. And, and the the playoff snub. And, you know, you bring up, I was going to go back to, I thought the BC game, the Clemson game, that was a, a turning point for this team, those two back to back, because those were really your close games. After that, Miami, but it didn't really feel like Miami was ever threatening to win. Florida, you know, the score was close, but still felt like uh, Florida State was in, in charge. But those two games, proving that you can win on the road and in close games where maybe everything doesn't go your way, BC, close games at a rival, at a team that has been dominating the ACC. Did you feel like that was a turning point, the BC-Clemson part of the schedule? You know, it's funny that BC game is is one that so many people look at it different ways. And the way I looked at it at the time, um, and maybe partly because I was there, you know, I went to cover that game and I saw them coming off the buses. We had heard during the week, and it, you know, it sounds like you're talking about excuses when you talk about illness on a team, but we had heard during the week that a lot of guys were really sick, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the a bug was going through. It wasn't COVID; it was a flu bug or something going through the team. And uh, then when I saw them getting off the buses in Boston. Um, you know, and a bunch of the guys had masks on, you know, from when they were in the bus. And I started thinking, man, how many of these guys are sick? And then a bunch of guys were not available. And then they came out and just did not, they were flat. You know, they just didn't play well. And Thomas Castellanos had, had just started emerging at that point. I think people now realize that kid can play. He's going to make plays. And and he was just kind of emerging. They had just made the move to him a week or two earlier. And uh, so they got, you know, when they got a lead, they kind of let, you know, took their foot off the gas. 
know, BC makes their big run, and I was impressed the way they they withstood it. Now they you could say they really really ran out of time. Yeah. Um, you know, if they had played another quarter, BC might win that game. It's not like Florida State shut the door on them, but I, it it was a weird game in the sense that they they got behind, then they made their big charge, got the game in control, and then I think because partly because a lot of guys were not healthy, didn't practice during the week, I think they really just kind of relaxed and kind of, but they survived it. And then, yeah, and then and then you know, I I expected them to play well at Clemson just because I knew that that's what they had been you know shooting for for so long and. And they did, and and I think uh, you know, and again, uh, you know, different different guys stepping up at different situations. I thought it was big for Jordan Travis to get the touchdown pass at the end. I mean, I just it was a, it was a that was a big step. Cle- you know, people can say what they want about Clemson season or the last two years, but winning at Clemson is still a big deal. I think it's only happened a few times in the last how many years. So it was a big win for them. Yeah, no, I don't think there's any question about that because of. You know, just the the mental side of it, but also the home field advantage that that yeah. Clemson has. I mean, that place is is insane, and you know, especially for those games, especially when Florida State, you know, comes to comes to town. You know, people are excited and they're juiced up. Uh, lo- looking at this season, man, Jordan Travis was electric. I mean, he's such a good player, and it's been fun for us to you know see that evolution, to see that growth, you know, over his career at Florida State to a time where you know, admittedly, so he he wanted to change positions. He he didn't think that. You know, he, he was good enough or a good enough quarterback to play at Florida State uh, to, to then the, the confidence, the, the surge uh, that we see him finish with and, and really the love. I mean, you know, hearing the stories about, you know, watching his brother and, and always wanting to go there. Um, it was very fun for us to be able to see all the different sides of Jordan Travis. But what, what has he meant to this program over his five years there and the impact that he has had for Florida State? You know, it's indescribable, really, um, because it's because it's partly because it's such a unique way that it happened. You know, he, as you guys said, I mean, he was languishing on the bench. And then when he did get opportunities to play, it wasn't always good. And, and you know, people, what we do now in sports is we decide when we see a guy when they're a sophomore, a freshman or sophomore or, or a girl in, the diff- in their sports, and, and we say that's what they are. And we forget that you get better. Uh, you know, just like we get better in our jobs, they get better too. And, and so he just kept getting better. And, and I, Florida State fans, even the ones that liked him and appreciated him and liked us, just never thought he would be what he became. And so, so that part of the story is amazing, right? And then, and then they embrace him and he takes him to, to new heights and that's all outstanding. But I think what takes it to a different level, and I think now has him, he's going to be mentioned with the greatest of greats uh, because right. of the way he handled himself, the way he represented the university, and also the way he inspired them down the stretch. I mean, that part of, you know, the way they, you know, Jared Verse uh, bought the shirts. You know, they, they wore T-shirts when they played Florida that said finish for 13. Jared Verse just bought those on his own and said, hey, I want the team to wear these in pregame. Wow. Because, wow. Jared, because Jordan Travis meant that much to him. And so – you know, and then you saw him come to practices at the Orange Bowl. I mean, the whole story was about how the, all these guys opted out and didn't want to play in the Orange Bowl. Jordan Travis came down there and just on his scooter watched practices, tried to coach up Brock <laughs> Lynn. You know, I mean, that that stuff to me is you just can't. You know, it's hard to you can't you can't put a price on it. it, it mm-hmm. and, and I think you know he's going to have a lasting impact. And and 
what's cool about it, you touched on it with you know his love of Florida State as a as a as a fan, as a as, as a young child watching Devin play baseball, is that he had reasons to not love Florida State. You know, they did boo him. You know, the, some FSU fans will say they didn't boo him. They booed him. I was there. I heard it. We saw and, y'all. We saw y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, and that's that's always motivated him. But it, he never let let it turn into anger or right. bitterness. And so, man, it's just it's been really cool to see. Yeah, he's probably one of the least bitter people you can talk to with his attitude. Ira, you witnessed something that was pretty crazy, pretty unprecedented. Something that you probably never see again in your career with the stakes of that South Alabama game to see him go down. There's so many, so many angles to it, right? Should you be playing an FCS team at that point? All these different types. This is the terrible luck. Walk us through from your vantage point how you experienced that and, and kind of what the stadium was like when it happened. As a as an objective journalist, right? I wanted to throw up. Yeah. Um, I've never I don't I've never felt that bad um watching a game. And I've seen injuries and compound fractures and but I, it was a combination of, you know, him you know, what he's meant for that program. And then for it to be that devastating of an injury um, to where you see that, you know, we didn't even know how bad it was at first, but the first thing I noticed was Trey Benson just have to walk away. Like he he was, he was inconsolable. He couldn't even look at it. Then of course you see the, you know, some of the, the video replays. And I, I literally, after I saw the first one and saw which way his foot was going, I was like, I'm not watching that again. No. And, uh, and I really haven't watched it since. And, uh, so it was a combination of all those things. And then, like you said, it was a game that, you know, Florida State traditionally didn't have that kind of game before the Florida game. Uh, but Florida did. You know, that was kind of, for a long time, Florida would play an FCS school while Florida State was playing an ACC game the week before they would play. Really, Jimbo kind of made the push to, you know what, we need to schedule an FCS game that week. And uh, so, it, 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 you know, it's, there's a lot of intelligence to doing that. Um, but what happened is they had just, you know, had a huge emotional game the week before, and then they were going to have Florida the next week. And so many guys were injured um, late in the season, you know, you know, and Mike Norvell is very secretive about injuries, so we can't really report it, even if we see it at practice. Um, and so, you know, Keon Coleman and Jaheim Bell and, and all these guys, Josh Farmer, all these guys are dealing with injuries. And so, I'm, you know, he can say, you know, and, and I'm, that week Norvell was trying to push them at practice because he didn't want them to have a letdown. But I, I wondered if that was a mistake. I almost mm. felt like you need to let them just have a few days to just chill mm. out because they have been through, you know, how many weeks in a row and an emotional game. They've got another one. And I, so I wondered, you know, at the time, is he really going to push these guys this week? And he did. And then they just were flat. And it was, you know, it was senior day and they just were flat and, and they weren't playing well. And then I, you know, you just feel like Jordan's never talked about this, but you just felt like Jordan felt like he had to start making plays with his legs mm. to get things going. Gosh. And then that's when it happened. So all those things together and, you know, he's doing it from the best of intentions and right. it's, and his teammates aren't playing well. And, he, you know, it's just, it's, it was, yeah. So, man, I just sat there and I just wanted to, to vomit. And at the time, I mean, literally. And at the time, though, I don't think I – I felt like, okay, their chances of winning a national championship were, were probably over. What I didn't realize was that, like, how well they would play defensively in those next couple of weeks, the way the defense right. really – and, and Nor, right. I think Mike Norvell's made this point a lot. The defense completely played at a different level those next two weeks. And, you know, 
kind of gave them a chance, um, you know, to at least compete and get in the playoff. But, but, um, you know, it, 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 you know, again, it was just, uh, and then Hart, you know, seeing his response when they let left out and he made his comment about, I wish I got hurt early in the season. Right. It was just, just awful. Brutal. But, but, um, yeah, no, that was a, as emotional a day as I can remember covering college football. Yeah. It, it was, it was something where I don't know if I've ever felt physically sick. You know, watching someone that I mean, obviously I know Jordan and, and we we've had great time covering, but not knowing someone, not not a a you know, friend or family member, however you want to look at it. And when I saw that, like it literally felt like I was gonna throw up. I mean, my, my stomach hurt. Um, and it, it was just it, it was bizarre and, and wild. And you know, I think to your point, to 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 kind of transition back to the team, um, in the way that that defense played and in the caliber, the tenacity, the the entire effort and that's the point of of my frustration of this playoff committee and leaving these guys football is a team sport this this isn't you know basketball where you remove a 30 point score and oh my gosh who are we you know th- th- this is a a game where there's 22 people plus special teams that impact every single play and you know th- that was what was so bizarre to me so I wasn't really going to go here but I, I do want to now you know just kind of hearing your thoughts on that after watching the college football playoff after watching the national championship. Is there any doubt in your mind that Florida state could have replicated some of that effort and some of those statistics where the elite quarterback play, my God, you have to have it to win a national championship. Is there any doubt in your mind that Florida state could have competed and maybe even won a playoff game? I don't know if they could have won a natty, but won a playoff game and and been in that situation. After watching those games, I definitely feel like they had a shot. Um, you know, they definitely belonged and they shouldn't have been put in a different rung because, you know, just because they lost Jordan Travis. That Louisville game, what, what frustrated me about that Louisville game was Louisville's good. Like Louisville's a good exactly. football team and, and people acted because like they didn't play well on offense that it was two bad football teams. It's like, no, man, Louisville's offense had been good. Florida State's defense just played incredibly. And, and, you know, I mean, they're, they've got a great coaching staff, <coughs> great coaching staff, that veteran quarterback, really good skill players, and Florida State just dominated them. And, you know, that was like, it was almost like diminished by the fact that neither team was very good offensively. Right. Um, but yeah, and the, my biggest takeaway, honestly, from watching the playoffs was I'm mad at myself for, and, and some of the media that covers Florida State, because midway through the year, I didn't think Florida State could win the national title. I thought like, Man, if you could win the ACC and if you could just get to the playoff, that would be awesome. I, I kind of felt like the Michigans, Alabamas, you know, those, some of those schools are probably on a different level than Florida State right now. Hmm. But when you watch those three games, the two playoff games, the national championship game, Florida State with Jordan Travis, that that to me oh, is sure. what I've been focusing on more. Is man, they could have yeah. they could have won the national title. No question. No question. Yeah, it's a great point, Ira. Let's go bigger picture here. We all know what's going on with FSU and the lawsuit and all these different types of things. So Jordan Travis injured. That was a big factor in being left out. But again, history might forget this. Tate Rotemaker injured, didn't play in the ACC title. Big difference there between him and Brock Glenn. Do you think FSU being left out of the playoff is as simple as injuries? Or is it an ACC systemic media problem to your point where you're saying kind of Michigan, Georgia, Bama get more love overall. And maybe we all start thinking that way when it's, we it's start, we true. start believing, we start yeah. believing it too. And I, it's funny. I've actually had, um, you know, people at Florida state, you know, say like that they've, they've seen 
commentary and, and not necessarily you guys, and it's actually not you guys, but other people on the ACC network make comments about SEC schools in a way there's a reverence there mm. that that maybe the ACC schools don't get. And that's unfortunate because like, you look at what Clemson did. I mean, man, Clemson was as good as anybody, right. better than anybody for most of that stretch. Florida State was, you know, won the national championship in 2013. So it's I get the argument from top to bottom. I get that the ACC doesn't have the, quite the same depth, but I don't get where, for, where the ACC schools at the top level don't get treated the same way. But me personally, this is just my opinion. One person, I don't think it really was about the ACC or Florida State. I think they just had they were determined. To, personally, I think the playoff committee, the powers of be, wanted the SEC in it. And once Georgia lost, I think if Georgia had won. I think Florida State still would have gotten it. If Georgia beat Alabama, I think Florida State still gets in. But once right. Georgia lost, I think they mm-hmm. had to get Alabama in. And if you bring Alabama in, you got to bring Texas in. Bring so that's right. my conspiracy theory. Give me my tinfoil hat. That's, 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 that's a great I point. Think. I think let, that makes a ton of sense. It, yeah, let, is it as simple, though, as if if Jordan Travis stays healthy, are they in, regardless of what happens? Oh, yeah. There's no uh, doubt. There. You would think. You would think. But but I what my concern <laughs> is, you would think. But what if you the defense – what what if the defense doesn't play the way they did those last couple of weeks? And you maybe you beat Florida 28-21, you beat mm-hmm. uh Louisville, you know, 31-24 or something. I don't know. That's my concern. If Florida right. State, if, if they had Jordan Travis and they were playing the way they played against LSU and Clemson, then then yeah. And I I want to believe they would have gotten in no matter what. Mm-hmm. But uh I don't know, man. I don't know. I just That's think there there was the SEC it is what it is, man. They they just carry yeah. a lot more clout than anybody else in college football right now. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. fascinating that I'm the biggest Seminole fan on this show right now. I mean, that's crazy uh, to hear that uh, from all of you, from both of you. Uh, here's here's no, no, Matt. It's not that we doubt FSU. We doubt the powers <laughs> the that system. be. You doubt the system. Yes. I understand. That's what we doubt. I understand. That. I understand. That. <laughs> and that's um, but don't and and I'm and I, and it bothers me as a college football fan and as a college football observer that. I think this is this. I think what happened is going to erode some of the confidence. Now I yeah. know it's going to twelve teams, and I get that, but you just want to believe that it's really settled on the field, and right. that, that's the frustrating. Part. I I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that, and it, and it is frustrating. Um, and it made me more frustrated watching these playoff and nationals. I thought I was right. kind of relatively done with it, you know, separate yourself a bit, but then it just it popped back up, and and it was frustrating to me to to, to kind of see that. Um, let, let's put a bow on this season then maybe move to some future stuff here. Um, the, the job that coach Mike Norvell has done, um, you know, in his, his career here at FSU and, and, you know, I remember the, the dog days of, of, you know, having players calling him out on Twitter and I'm just like, Oh, oh man. man, this is going to be weird. Like this ain't going to last long to <laughs> you know, starting state, right. Starting zero and four losing to Jacksonville state. And you're just like, this is heating up very quickly to, <laughs> You know, thirteen and one ACC champion, coach of the year, all the different things. Uh, and, and after seeing him in person, I mean, I had the privilege to go to a couple of their practices. That the, there is not a more passionate man that loves his players, loves his team, loves the game of football. Uh, but but again, you have a different vantage point than us. H- how cool has it been to see Coach Norvell kind of go through those you know mountains and valleys to, to be where he is today? Yeah, it has been. And, and, you know, and it just illustrates how hard it is to be successful in college football. And it's not always just about whether or not you do a good job because so much of it is optics and pressure from social media. You know, Florida State fans, FSU Twitter had this thing for most of his first two years. Hashtag Mike got us. 
And, and it was, uh, it was, it was sarcastic. It was like anything bad would happen. They would be, Oh, Mike got us. And it's, and it was, it was to make fun of them because they, they didn't believe in him. And you do have to separate the online community from the real world, which I think we all try to grapple with. Um, I think there were still a lot of people around the program, definitely in the program believed in him around the university believed in him. A lot of fans believed in him, but you just wonder if you get to a point where when you, when you haven't won in a couple of years, does it become too much to, to overcome in recruiting? And now if it's too much to overcome in recruiting, is it too much to, to, to keep people coming to the games? And then once you start having, you know, that coach Bowden, the reason coach Bowden got let go was because fans stopped coming to the games and every tickets, you know, however much hundred bucks or whatever it is that adds up pretty quickly. So that was my concern. Even after I thought Mike Norvell was a good coach the first couple of years, but you just wonder if it gets to that point where you just can't, you can't get it going. You can't get the inertia. And that's why I mean, the transfer portal was huge for him. Uh, getting some of those key players, then Jordan Travis, the biggest, you know, going back to Jordan, he, him and him going all in with Jordan Travis last year in 2022 and not going and getting another transfer portal quarterback was, I mean, it was, it, he, he went all in. I mean, he put his chips in the middle of the table with Jordan Travis and said, I'm going to win with this guy or I'm going to get fired with this guy. And because the fan base wanted him to go get a transfer portal quarterback to at least compete with Jordan. And uh, he didn't do it. He rode with Jordan. And like you said, he gave Jordan that confidence and Jordan took it to a different level. But that, that was the turning point to me is when he went all in with Jordan Travis and it worked out. Agreed. We talked about that over the offseason. And there's also this misconception, like a PSA for fans. It's very hard to go to the portal and get a solid backup quarterback. If you're <laughs> right. in the oh, portal, who wants? Yeah, that's, you're not that, there going be in the portal. to be a backup. <laughs> right. So people are just go get someone to be a number two. It, it's not that easy. Uh, let's look. <laughs> speaking of that, let's look at 2024. DJ Uyunglele commits to Florida State. And I have said this on our podcast. I got to be honest, Ira. I find it very weird. I find it so <laughs> weird that he played three years at Clemson, has a degree from Clemson, and is and went to Oregon State and now to Florida State. But I understand because his coach left and his conference died. So I get that point. But <laughs> just your overall thoughts on DJU coming to Florida State. It is uh, it is odd. Uh, I think Florida State fans are are more, I think, not. it's not as odd for them probably because, yeah. you know, partly because when DJ was at Clemson, Clemson was at such a different level, really. It felt like in Florida State that it almost didn't feel like it was, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but it wasn't like he was seen as the reason Florida State was losing. Like Florida State had so many problems and he was just one of the guys kicking their teeth in, you know? And it, so it didn't feel like uh, just this, you know, he was like, it wasn't like he was Tim Tebow or whatever, you know? It just, so there was never an animosity towards DJ, I don't think. Um, plus the way he carries himself, yeah. he just seems like a likable kid. Yeah. And so, um, so that was, I think that's one reason it's positive. You know, it was easy for Florida State fans to certainly accept. Um, I'm really excited about it. I, I thought the game he played in Tallahassee two years ago was incredible. Um, I thought he played great, and a lot of FSU fans were thinking he wouldn't play well, and I thought he played great. And then FSU fans turned it, and some of my colleagues turned it into, well, FSU's defense played terribly. It's like, no, man, DJ played well. And, and you know, the other thing is, I, and you guys would know 100 times more than I would, but when I would watch him play at Clemson, it felt like there just wasn't a lot of confidence there for in him as a thrower. And it didn't seem like he felt, and I know they had so many changes with coordinators and there was so much going on during his time there. Um, 
So I feel like, man, I think Oregon State was a fresh start for him. And, you know, and I think just what he, you know, the things he said as he's decided to come to Florida State was cool in the sense that he appreciated, you know, he appreciated, when, even when he's competing against Florida State, he appreciated what Florida State was in college football. And so, you know, there wasn't like a hatred on his part either. So I think it's going to work out well. I'm, I'm really excited. But, you know, to your point, you know, you can't bring in a quarterback. Like, just as soon as they started talking to other quarterbacks, to DJ and, and to Cam Ward, Shade Rodmaker's out the door. And, and, and so that's just – that's you got to understand that that's going to happen if you start talking to other quarterbacks. And But I think I think it's going to work out really well. for. And I think he's going to be – I think Norvell's going to be great for DJ because if confidence ever has been an issue for DJ, mm-hmm. Mike Norvell, his superpower is getting guys to believe. Right. And I think he could be great for DJ. Yeah, I, I am. That That is the aspect that I just can't wait to see. How, how much of a step can Coach Norvell help, help him take? Because the physical attributes are there. I mean, let, oh. let's not be crazy in the fact that this dude has a rocket launcher of an arm, big body, can run the quarterback power like nobody's business. It's just, can can you dial some things in? Can you you know make it a little bit more of an accurate passer and protect him? Obviously, he needs a little bit more time. Right. He's not an eraser. You know, and, and things of that nature. So I'm going to be fascinated right. to see how does that work? How can coach help him take another level? Uh, but big picture for 24, Ira, uh, just the expectations um, of this team. Because obviously there are a lot of guys that have moved on, a lot of star power. This is going to be a very different looking Seminole team here. It, are there a couple of guys you're really excited about to, to lead the way and, and to be, you know, kind of star players schedule wise, just wherever you kind of want to go with it, looking at 24 with the Knowles? DJ definitely changes the landscape to me. You know, I, I was, I thought, you know, whatever they did at quarterback, I, you know, whether it was Tate, whether Tate ended up being the guy or they brought somebody else in, I felt like, you know, with all the losses they have on offense, which is, I mean, most of your production on offense is gone and a lot of your best players on defense are gone. I kind of thought, and if you could just, if you could go eight and four in this, 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 this year and then kind of make another run in, in 2025, that's probably where you want to be. I think DJ and some of the now how attractive he I think he makes them in the portal and some of the guys they've already got they've gotten several uh, talented receivers out of the portal now three speed merchants that should help him kind of stretch the field I think that and now it looks like they're going to probably go get double digit transfers where earlier we thought it might only be like seven or eight so I think you know this is a team that can contend again for the ACC I, you know I don't I don't know I'd make them the favorite. Um, but I think they're going to be in the in the hunt, and uh, so now you know maybe you know if the ball bounces the right way, you win nine or ten games. Maybe if you win ten games, maybe you're in the hunt for the playoff. If you know it still could be eight and four, uh, that wouldn't be the end of the world. And I think you know Florida State fans have enjoyed these last two years, but I don't think you know if my, if Jimbo Fisher in year seven or eight had had an eight win season, it would have been frustrating and people would have been furious. And but I think winning is still new enough now. For for this for this fan base that you know if they can just have a good season, uh, you know eight and four nine and three go to a decent bowl game, I think people will be pretty happy. And I think they've got the things in place. I mean, you know you've got some. I think they've got potential to to have some stars on defense. Patrick Payton has been coming on at defensive end. Obviously, um, I really like the secondary. Azaria Thomas. I thought the biggest. Um, he's not a portal acquisition. He's a retention acquisition. <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're collective. The Battle's End announced the other day that Azari Thomas, a corner, is coming back. I think he's a superstar. Yeah. Um, he, he basically was a starter this past season with two veterans. Um, and uh, I just he's, – he's, he's everything you want. Like smart, 
leader, you know, just, and I think he's going to have a really big year. So they've got some really nice pieces, um, you know, but they probably have too many question marks to say, yeah, they're going to be definitely a favorite for, to win the ACC. I yeah. Think. Yeah. No question about it. All right. Last one for you, brother. We appreciate your time. And, and I think it would be maybe a little awkward if we didn't talk about this, but when you look at the, the lawsuit that's happening right now, uh, if there's any updates, your stance on it, what's kind of happening. Um, I know this is something might happen later today. Who knows? Uh, you know, with, with the way that this college football world works, but just kind of a, a update for us on, on where FSU is with this lawsuit. Were you saying awkward if we do talk about it or awkward, awkward if we if don't? We don't. Talk? Awkward if we avoid. I'm just kidding. Yeah, because it is the whole thing's weird, right? I mean, like I was at a basketball game the other night where Florida State's playing Wake Forest, and if a call goes against Florida State, I think people have it in their minds now. Oh, it's because we're suing the league, you know. And it's just a weird situation, you know. And you know, I tweeted the picture of Michael Offord standing next to Jim Phillips at the at the Orange Bowl. I mean, it's you're in a conference. But you're also suing the conference, uh, and you haven't. You know, it's just such a weird situation. But um, yeah, as far as updates go, I, I don't have any. The only thing I know is, um, and I felt this from the very beginning. Like I don't think Florida State's intention was ever to, you know, go to court and 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 see this thing go to trial and and you know be through years of litigation and and that whole thing. I think Florida State wants to know: Do they have any other options? You know what that because. Again, I think it's if they could make the same money or close to, you know, 10 years ago when Florida State flirted with other conferences and the difference between the revenue of the ACC and the, the SEC or Big Ten was seven or eight million dollars, something like that. I always felt strongly they should stay in the ACC. And I think most people, Eric Barron, who's the president of the university at the time, a lot of fans wanted them to leave. But most people said, no, you need to stay in the ACC and you can make up that difference in revenue. It's not the end of the world. But when you see some of these projections where it's just a different stratosphere and you want to be a Florida State or Clemson and want to compete with the best of the best in these other conferences, it just becomes daunting. So to me, the whole thing has been about this last year, the bluster, the press conferences, the trustees meetings, the lawsuit. It's all Florida State trying to 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 find out what can they do, like what would it cost to leave? Would the ACC negotiate with them to avoid a lawsuit? And then do they even have other options at other conferences? Right. Like nobody, I don't know that for a fact. And, you know, we could speculate, you know, there's a lot of people who know more than me that think they, they don't have options at the SEC or Big Ten. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But I think they just want to know. And so the only way to get there, I think, is they feel like they have to push it as far as they can push it right. to find out what their options are. And so that that's what I think it's about. I don't think it ever goes to court, but I, but I would, it would, it wouldn't shock me if, Within a couple of years, there's an agreement and Florida State leaves. Um, I it's hard for me to see Florida State staying long term if the money stays the same. Right. Um, but how it plays out exactly, I, mean, I don't have a great answer. Yeah, no, I, I don't think any of us do. And uh, I think there's there's so much information that we're not privy to that we just it, it's hard to to honestly have a, a I don't know a, a just opinion on the situation because of that. We we just don't know, and uh, we we can only. Well, tell I you think there. Happened. I think. And I think they have unknowns. Like, I don't know that they know. I don't know that Florida State's sure. people know exactly how it's going to play out. I think the and this was said to me a year ago, well, probably 10 months ago, that what they do know is being rivals with Florida and Florida getting 30 or $40 million a year every year more than they get for 10 years, that's not going to work. Right. So 
So I don't know if they know exactly what they're, they might, they might know what they're going to do, but I, they might not. Right. They just know that they, they, they can't make that yeah. work. No, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be fascinating. Um, we'll see. But, brother, I know it also is fascinating. Every time you join us, we appreciate you, uh, your insight, your opinions, and uh, just very grateful for you, man. I appreciate you so much. Appreciate you guys too, and uh, especially when you wear your Knowles gear, oh, Eric. You, you represent F- FSU fans represent, get so excited. They do get excited. They do get excited. <laughs> Thanks again to Ira for joining us from Warchan.com. Go check out all of his stuff. Follow him on Twitter. All the above. If you care about Florida State, an ounce. If you care about them at all, or you care about them a lot. <laughs> You have to be following Ira. He is the guy to follow, Mac. And I just thought he made so many great points and recounted the season in an excellent way. And we didn't talk about the Orange Bowl because What's no that? need. Was there a game? No Was need. there a game that happened? No, I don't remember one. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. And I had to sit there and live it. It was awful. You were there. Um, but Ira Chaffel, I mean, one of the best in the business and, and really appreciate his insight. The, the most intriguing thing to me, maybe, maybe intriguing in the right word, the most interesting thing, uh, to me was really th- looking at projections for next year and how his opinion mm. has maybe shifted a little bit with the addition of uh, DJU, which you think is weird. I think is weird a little bit as well, but maybe more so on the fit side. But I do agree uh, with everything Ira said that I think Coach Norvell, if there's a guy that can you know get it out of you and get you motivated, get you excited, get you confident, uh, it- it's probably him and the success that he's had with the quarterback position specifically. Can't wait to see what it looks like. Um, because I do think there there is still yet another step that, that DJU can take. We'll see if that mm-hmm. happens or not, because uh, we all know potential is only good if you untap it. Uh, so we'll see there. It's going to be mm-hmm. fascinating. Knowles fans, appreciate you all year. You guys have been tuned in, really yeah, supporting seriously. us, and, and excited to see you know what does this Knowles team look like moving forward, and how do they continue to build, and you know just where they are next year. But that's it from us, guys. Appreciate you tuning in. We need you to go over to YouTube, subscribe, leave some comments here. Tell us what you think about Florida State and their 24. Do you think it's back to you know winning go. ACC, or is it a little bit of a rebuild year? I'd be very interested to see kind of from the fans' perspective what you guys think there. And, of course, the OGs over on Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. We would greatly appreciate that as well. But until next time, we'll see you.